0: Matthew 25 is the text today Matthew 25 we'll start in verse 6 Matthew 25 verse 6 let's read together as it's on the screen there and at midnight a cry was heard behold the bridegroom is coming go out to meet him then all those virgins arose and they trimmed their lamps and the foolish said to the wise give us some of your oil what'd they say Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. But the wise answered and said, no, can't give you mine. Can't, you can't have mine. This is not transferable. Mine won't work for you. Mine comes f- for me. You can't have mine. Look at your neighbor and say, go get some. Go get it. Get it, G-I-T, you got to get it. You got to get yours. We used to say that back in the 90s, get yours, son. Get yours. We're in a season where you got to get yours. You got to grow up, you can't have mine. You got to stop living off of somebody else's. You got to go get your own. can't have mine. This is non-transferable. Works for me, won't work for you. I can't have yours. I don't want yours. Stop being mad at me for mine. Stop being mad at me for mine. If you had yours, you wouldn't be mad at mine. If you had your own, you wouldn't be so critical of mine. Stop talking about mine. The only reason you're talking about mine is because you ain't got none. Stop hanging around people that ain't got none because they're taking yours. They're trying to take yours. They can't use it. They get inspired by it. You know, stop hanging around friends that ain't got no oil. Stop going to family stuff that ain't got no oil. Tell all those people out in the foyer to come in here. There's oil in here. We need oil, church. He said, go get yours. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready. You ready? Are you ready? Those who were ready, the way they went in. You ain't got to tell somebody who's oily to go in. Miranda, I put a microphone in your hand right now. You're going to go in. Why? You keep oil. You don't need to tell somebody when you got oil. You just got oil. They went in, but then there were some other people, and they said, "Well they was out to go get it. They came, verse 11. The other virgin came, said, "Lord, open the door. Open up." He answered, and he said, "I don't know you. I don't know you." I met you, but I don't know you. Don't presume because you met him that you know him. Don't confuse one trip to the altar with knowing him. There's two churches represented here. There's two churches. Two churches that are presented. And, and know this this is about the end of the end. This is talking to us right now. This this is a letter to the church. He's talking to the church. Jesus is talking to the church. And he said, in the end of the end, there will be two churches that will emerge. One church will have the oil. and And the other church will not. Let me ask you a question. He said, the, the wise church said to the foolish church it was the virgins anytime you see that's the church said go and buy your own go buy your own let me ask you a question for real you got oil This is a sobering question. What'd you pay for it? Tell me what you paid for it. Tell me what you were willing to surrender for his presence. What were you willing to forfeit? That you may gain the knowledge of him and his resurrection power. Tell me what you gave for the alabaster box called your oil. We must become a church. that does not care about anything else other than His presence. You and I must become Christians who are not impressed with talent, good preaching, oil. I need oil. Because this is what I know. It is only the anointing it is only the anointing that will lift a burden and break the yoke that's it it don't come by your talent it don't come by clever philosophy and ideologies of this world. It doesn't come by, mm, yeah, nah, it don't come by none of that. It comes by the oil, baby. And you either got it or you don't. Here's some things you can, you can extrapolate from the text. One, there's coming a day. And is here now, where there will be an exposing, there's a great exposing of what we truly value. Because he said, they said, the church said, those who had the oil went in with Jesus. They were with Jesus. Wherever he was, you could find them. And he was, they were with him. They went in with him. But then there was a church that presumed to know him but didn't have. And he said, hi, I didn't know you. I don't know you. Yeah, but we did all these things. We, did, we, we, we went out and we gave turkeys to people. And then, and then we went out and we sung songs. And, and we, we, we cast out demons. And, and I mean, God's grace is amazing that he would allow you and I with no oil to still cast out a demon. That tells me that, that, you're, that, that he don't care about nothing But what he wants to accomplish and he'll use he'll use an empty vessel if that's what he has to do but just because he used you doesn't mean he knows you are we what just because he used you don't mean you know him man And so, what will happen is there, there, what is happening is there's is this great exposing of, of what we truly value, like what really matters to us. And if He really matters to us, you got the anointing, you got the oil. If He is the highest priority, then you got his oil If you if he is your second priority Don't be mad because you ain't got no anointing Don't be upset with God Because you put him second place and third place and fourth place you made his presence not a priority don't be upset with him when your children start acting crazy I say this like with all with a sobering, like a sobering plea to the body to say his presence is all that matters. The songs we know don't matter. It's the stuff we don't know that matters. It's the hint. We, we sing songs we know. And we use them to get to the next song. But I would presume to you. I would suggest that Jesus wants to live in the unknown. That is what faith is. It's surrendering to God the territory that is terrifying to you. You don't. Just because we've met him does not mean we know him. It didn't say they didn't have any oil said they didn't have enough to go in. What'd you pay for it? I asked the leaders not long ago, what'd you pay for it? What'd you pay for your anointing? A little bit? Then don't ask for much. If, you, if you're not willing to not drink and not sleep around and not sin willfully, Stop asking God to be in our presence corporately If there ain't nothing sacred enough to get you out of bed on Sunday morning Then he's second I Say this because This world ain't going to get any easier, church. It's fixing to get harder. <laughs> Persecution is coming. I got this Jesus. I got this Bible head Jesus. <laughs> any Studio 7 in the house? In my Studio 7? where'd they go? Studio, Studio 7. Pastor Kyle and Amanda, they were from studio. Well, back in the day, I bought this, this bobblehead Jesus, you know. <laughs> and I just thought it was cool, you know. And I, I, don't, I forget the message I preached, but I had this bobblehead Jesus. And uh, after I was done, I was like, man, I, I, you just can't throw Jesus away. So I took, I took the Biblehead Jesus, and I stuck it way up in the corner in my office in Lorraine. And I stuck it way up there. And, and that Biblehead Jesus, and I said, this, this Jesus is going to remind me, he's always watching. So always watching. He's always watching. And I looked up at the other day, and I was like, man, I, I need more than a bobblehead Jesus I I need uh, I need my Jesus to be expensive not cheap I need the anointing that I carry to be they said it a Mary's anointing when she broke it in the room in front of all the religious people they, they said she brought, she brought with her costly anointing oil. It was costly. It, was, it cost her. She sacrificed something for that oil. There was something she surrendered. There was, there was something so worth her not doing. It, it, there was something that that box represented that was so worth not doing something. So that way she could have the one thing that mattered. And I'm here to tell you, cheap oil will not raise the dead. Cheap oil won't pull your children out of the bondages of sin and addiction. Cheap oil won't do. I'm so tired of cheap oil, man. I'm worse. I'm tired of snake oil. This snake oil that's being passed off as, as the oil of God across America. No, man, listen. You can't do that and expect the anointing to be upon that. They're just, We just can't. And if I hear another name like Mike Bickle fall again, I'm going to lose it, man. I can't do it, because what it proves to me is you weren't willing, dude. You weren't willing to say no to some cheap intimacy. So you, but but still, were willing. You had the audacity to take your feet, step upon the stairs, and step behind a pulpit and presume to lead. I share this with us as. Men and women of God, we cannot lead our families right without the anointing. If we're not willing to turn off the televisions and and, and if we're not willing to stop gossiping, if we're not willing to, to not look at the thing, the temptation, if we're not willing to do it, we're not fit to lead. Young people, hear me, man. I don't care what it looks If it ain't real there, it's gotta be real here. There has to be a generation that draws a line in the sand and says, I won't fake it anymore. I won't allow anything to pollute my anointing anymore. I will not cheapen the gospel of Jesus Christ one more day. I will hold the standard of God up for me and for my children. And I'm challenging you today, church, stop watering down the gospel. Stop watering down the, the presence of Jesus. Stop sacrificing his presence for pleasure. But I tell you, there's something that's worth more than comfort and pleasure. It's his presence. I'm telling you, his presence is more rewarding than any drink from a bottle, any injection from a drug, anything you could see, any sex you could have. His presence is way more satisfying than any cheap thrill this world has to offer. Stop cheapening the presence of Jesus and make him a priority in the morning. Make him a priority in your family. Make him a priority on the job side. Make him the most sacred thing you carry in your life. And he will reward you openly. He will give you his presence to wear tangibly if you will say no to this world. You will carry his presence. His glory will wear, you will wear his glory like a coat and the anointing will be undeniable upon your life if you would just muster the courage to say no to temporary temptations. So don't make Jesus cheap. Be willing to pay the price. Saying no to this world will earn you the costly oil of his presence pay the price your children deserve it your neighbors deserve it how many got somebody in your life that needs healing they deserve for you to carry the costly oil of Mary's alabaster box that when you break it it brings healing it's the balm of Gilead that brings healing so don't cheapen it. Don't cheap. You don't need a cheap Jesus. You need a costly Jesus. My wife will tell the story, I'll tell it for her, but she had a car, a GL tracker. You wanna tell it? I don't have the mic. Yeah, here we go. Tell that story. Tell that story. This is great.
1: So, I had a geo tracker that's dating me because you guys most of you don't probably know what that is. But it was a really cool car. It had like a soft top, came off, okay, so just to kind of help you. It was a wannabe Jeep, but it really was not even close. Well, anyways, it was a really cool car. And I was probably 19 or 20, so I didn't have my full brain yet, so I didn't make the wisest choices. But I had been riding around, riding around, riding around, and I needed an oil change and I needed oil in my car. I had all the lights going off, all the lights flashing, but I'm just driving around, driving around. My dad told me, like everybody told me, the car was screaming oil. at me, go get some oil. So I went and got some oil. I had a, what is it called? Like one thing of oil, It's like a liter? It was a quart. A quart, okay, so I had a quart of oil in my car. I went and bought it, see, see how much I? Quart. He takes care of me, I don't have to do this stuff. So. I went and got a quart of oil, and I put it in my car. I had it with me. I was going to do it. I'm like, I'm going to do that later. I'm going to do that later. And so I went to meet a friend at a restaurant, and late that night, I was driving home on 90, and all of a sudden, boom, like way louder than that, but it exploded. My whole engine exploded. There was smoke flying out everywhere. I was not moving. I was dead, and I was able to pull over while it exploded, so I was on the side of the highway, and... I knew I was in trouble at that point because I didn't have, we didn't even have cell phones then. So I was, I was really close to the exit, but not that close. And it was cold out. So I didn't want to walk and I don't do this, you guys ever. Okay. But, but he was, he looked like a dad. And so I thought I was okay, (laughs) but I got in the car with a truck with a trucker and he, he drove me to the exit to the gas station. I know, I know. She's like,
0: no. Hey, next time you, Pastor Becca's up there. (laughs)
1: you see me help me but I had to get I had to get like a quarter or something to make a phone call to my sister had to get Jeremiah out of bed and come and pick me up and I had the oil in the car that's what I had to explain to my dad when I had to tell him that I blew up my engine so there you go I'll never do it again
0: that story's so rich with illustration right (laughs) it's so rich with illustration you you, uh, <laughs> you, you have access to the oil. You see, in the Old Testament, what they would do is Samuel would come, and he'd find David, and he would take the horn of oil, and he would pour the horn of oil on David, and that, that anointing would run all, the, all down him to signify, you are the Lord's anointed Jesus comes and he dies. He ascends. Holy Spirit now lives in you, resides in you. Jesus now abiding in you. What used to come upon you now comes out of you. The Bible says that you have an anointing from the Holy One. From the Holy One. You have an anointing more accurately, you have access to the anointing. But if you don't, if you don't fill your vessel with his presence, you will be found empty and wanting and the lights are going off and there's Warning signals all around you. Get the oil. Get the oil. Get the oil. I don't need to go today. I don't need to read my Bible today. I don't need to pray today. I'm just I, you just ignore it. You ignore it. Even even still, his presence is near. is drawing you. It's saying, Hey, man, put some oil in. Get some oil in. Get some oil in. All the while, so so when when he comes and at the end of the age, and he says, I didn't know you, but I was available to you. You could have you could have had access to me, but you denied it. You neglected the oil, the one thing that could have saved your life eternally, you neglected the one thing that could have resurrected the dead and stopped the hand of the enemy you neglected, I was there, I was available and I want you to know today, he is available he's available but you must put him in put him in in your life You don't need cheap oil. Cheap presence isn't worth anything. And you don't need polluted oil. You can't use polluted oil. Contaminated oil is no good in the believer. It won't function right. If it's polluted, there's a fly in your ointment and, 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 and it's putrefied and it smells funny. There is, there is in the body, there is in the church today, some contaminants that we must address. Psalms 133 says this about the oil. It says it's, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren who dwell together in unity. It's like the oil. It's like oil. It, it sends oil. So then, so then our, our, our connection in covenant, when we connect in covenant, when we, we agree in covenant, God sees that unity. And when he sees us holding together in covenant agreement, he sends oil. His, pre, his presence comes. Now watch, his presence, will, whoa, it comes. Wherever there is there is a covenant connection and agreement, there He sends oil. And when he sends the oil, look at what he does. He said, and in that place, he commands a blessing forever. He brings a blessing that is so, that is so significant that it will change a generation if we could come together in covenant agreement, in unity together. He said, when I see the oil, when I see the presence of God on the believer's life, I command... The blessing so then if I were the devil if I were the devil what I would do is I would create division and I would make the church hate the church forget about them people out there they're already going to hell let I, what i would do is i would create unforgiveness in the covenant agreement of the church because i realize if they're unified if they if they touch and agree uh, uh, with anything then that touching and agreeing releases the anointing of god to the earth and where the anointing is yokes are destroyed and burdens are lifted and there is resurrection power so what i can't if i'm the devil i cannot afford for you and you to agree so what i must do is create bitterness contempt hatred division Political ideologies, a left side and a right side, a blue side and a red side. I must create these segments of the church to keep them from agreeing and being in covenant with one another because I cannot afford for the anointing of God to come to the earth. If I'm going to imprison their children, I got to make them Republicans and Democrats. Oh, you better listen to me. If I'm going to create bondage in the earth, then I must create division and I must create contempt for one another. And so, unforgiveness, you see, unforgiveness is the pollutant that we allow to contaminate our heart. It keeps us separate from one another. That prevents his presence from coming we must repent Jesus said this if you can't love your brother who you can see stop telling me if you can't love them your brother not an unbeliever Jesus said if you can't love a believer whom you can see with your eyes you are deceived into believing that my presence will abide with you that you love you cannot love me if you cannot overcome the simplicity of the division and the unforgiveness that is remedied at the cross of Calvary. There is the remedy there. He is Jesus. Jesus is the remedy for it. He can break he can break the back of division and offense in the church, but we must not we must not live this deceived life in the in the telling ourselves this that we can that we can get up on the pulpit with animosity, contempt, hatred in our hearts, or we can gather together corporately, although we feel this way about that or that or this or that, and and secretly we have boiling resentment in our hearts towards one another, but then then we, we come to the altar and we're like, oh, pour your presence upon me. That's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. It won't happen. Stop asking for corporate anointing when we have private offense in our hearts. Stop it. It, 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 Worse, worse yet, we're passing this down to our children. We're We're dirtying our children. We're defiling our children. With this secular division, with this worldly ideologies, we're contaminating the generations in front of us. Because we can't forgive. I don't forgive you because you deserve it. I forgive you. Because my anointing is too costly. If you just remember that, if you just carry that, you don't forgive for them. You forgive for his presence. His presence. His presence heals. His presence restores. What are you willing? See, now you you gotta be honest with yourself. Are you willing to hold on to boiling contempt and resentment for the rest of your life and sacrifice the anointing of God. How long? How long will you? How long will we make one another pay? Let's just pay the price so we can get it over with so we can have unity so there can be oil so there can be a commanded blessing forevermore. Amen. Yes. Amen. So we must forgive. We have to remove The contaminant from our oil. We must sift the contaminant out of our oil. I'm not telling you it's not going to be hard. And I'm not telling you that forgiveness isn't a process. It is a process that begins with, Lord, it begins with a prayer. Lord, I forgive them. You're not Jesus yet, so you won't be able to forget. God God is the one who forgives and forgets. Troy, I still remember that stuff, son. Yeah, I forgive you, but you stay over there. But pretty soon what God will do with that is he will, you know, I had this with my father. He wasn't a good father to me for many years and and i didn't know that a hell unforg- held unforgiveness until his latter years and then and then in his latter years god took away i honestly to you for you right now i cannot if you were to ask me i cannot remember a bad thing about my dad I will try and all I have in my heart is nostalgia and fondness and when I look at my son and he wipes his mouth I'm like oh you look like but he looks like my dad when he says certain things I'm like oh that's my dad there's no and that's how I know the process of healing of unforgiveness is a process it's a process but you must commit yourself to the process you can't stay in a place of unforgiveness and ask for God's anointing and I know that is hard I know it's hard because what they did is not fair. They talked about you bad for 25 years. I get it. But you don't forgive for them. You forgive because your anointing is costly. And your anointing, you you don't want my anointing. I'm going to go back a minute. You don't want my anointing. I used to, I used to like want other people's anointing. You ever do that? You ever see somebody operate? I'm like, man, Jake's is, man, Jake's is, man. Might as well give up. That dude is good. That dude starts talking, and I'm captivated. I'm like, where does that come from, dude? That's some oil, man. He's drawing oil. That's rich, son. And I used to be captivated by other people's oil, but then I realized, son. Because God has, God has put this thing together so smooth. It's smooth. It's smooth what God's done. God's, God's put the church together in such a way. Check this out. In such a way that your intimacy with Jesus gives you an anointing. And your intimacy with Jesus gives you an anointing. And my intimacy with Jesus gives me an anointing. And when we come together in the same place, all three of those anointings are available for those that need it who are running low on theirs. But what I discovered, and what we all need to discover is, like so we stop being mad at each other for, for what we're doing. Like, you know, like, if I, well, if I was him, I would have did it this way. Well, you ain't, because you ain't anointed to be me. Well, if I was him, I would have did it. Well, you're not, because you're not anointed to be me. And if you, just take, if you would just be more concerned with your anointing than you are with my anointing, then you could get your own, because your anointing comes from your intimacy with him. That's why you can't have mine. That's why my anointing does stuff different than your anointing. But if you don't have any intimacy with him, you ain't got nothing to bring to the table, baby. So you have to have intimacy with him. So you can bring it to the corporate gathering. So we can all be filled as his presence comes. See, it's, it's the oil that brings, his presence, his presence, his presence comes. He's whoa, that unity comes in, boom, bang, he comes and boom. And then suddenly, suddenly now what you came in, you didn't have any, but you come in and here he is. And he's filling you up. Your cup begins to runneth over. So you can't, you don't need a cheap Jesus. You don't want, you don't want a cheap Jesus. And anybody tries to peddle you a cheap Jesus Jog on, man. Don't hook yourself to those people. If your sin did cost you something, the oil won't cost you nothing. Man, my sin was big. So I know the cost of the oil in Mary's alabaster box. But Because I got my own. So you got to reject the cheap Jesus. in church, we got to reject this contaminated Jesus that says, it's okay to be this and that. It's not. It's not. You can't be left, right, up, down, skinny, fat. You can only be in Jesus. There there is no side to pick. There is only Jesus. For us, there is only Jesus. There is only his presence. There's not the left side of Jesus and the right side of Jesus. There's not the contemporary Jesus and the traditional Jesus. There is only Jesus. That's it. So we have to stop contaminating the oil. Don't subscribe to bitter Jesus. And then lastly, and this is scary of all, most scary of all, fake Jesus. Man, we got to get rid of fake Jesus. Listen, pretense has got to stop in the house of the Lord. Pretending has got to stop this idea that we can fake it you can't fake it you can't fake the anointing you can't get up here you can't raise your family you can't pretend you can't have a form of godliness without the presence and power of His person it's not possible you will be discovered you'll be found out and you know what the devil will do man he will wear you out. We, we have got to stop this pretending. If you are in sin, you must do one of two things. That's it. One of two things. You either repent, be restored. What do you got to do if you're in sin? Repent. And be restored. That's it. You can't be restored without repentance. I'm say it again. If you're going to be restored, there must be a brokenness and there must be a repentance in your heart. So if you want his presence and you're walking in sin, willfully, I'm not talking about, you know, like, oops. Oops is oops is there every day. Grace, the cross. You see that cross? That cross takes care of, oops, yesterday, today, and forever. That cross also is the remedy for willful, disobedient sin. But it only gives you one option. Repent. That's it. The second option? Walk away. Stop. Stop. Defiling. Stop! Look at me, church. Stop! Stop pretending. Our children, man, man, our children deserve a gospel that is truthful. I challenge you to read First and Second Timothy, and all through First and Second Timothy, he's like, protect the truth, protect the truth, protect the truth, protect the truth, Timothy, protect the truth, Timothy, don't allow the truth to be sacrificed, Timothy, Timothy, guard the truth, Timothy, guard the truth, Timothy, Timothy, guard the truth. It's worth guarding. You got to stop pretending we got to stop this like Look, I've said it to our teams to our to everyone on our teams They can but you can't They can drink you cannot You gonna be up there you're gonna be down here. You're gonna be back there with them kids you better put you cannot drink You cannot smoke you cannot, you cannot look at that stuff. You cannot, you cannot contaminate the oil of God. If you want to be a vessel of honor, then it comes with the price of purity. That's it. And don't you dare pretend. Because I'm going to tell you what's going to happen if you pretend. You ask Ananias and Sapphira. Ananias, you say, "Oh, that you know." In the New Testament, you know, God's not like that. You ask Ananias and Sapphira. He said, "You, you, you, you lied to God. You can you can fake it here, but you can't fake it to God." And they fell over dead. The scripture in the Old Testament, where Jacob puts on he puts on a goat a goat skin, Dude must have been a Bigfoot. He put her, he put goat skin on his hand. And he went and he tried, he tried to steal and manipulate the blessing from his father. You remember that story? He came in and he said, bless me, father. And he said, is this Esau? And he said, it is. And his father said, mm, it's the voice of Jacob, but the hand of Esau. And many of us come to God this way. This duplicitous way, we come to God, one foot in the world, another foot in, in, in faith, and we, and we try to steal from God, that the, we try to take from God the thing that only comes through genuine and authentic relationship. And, and, and chapters later, in, in, in Genesis 32, what we see in Genesis 32 is Jacob wrestling with God, and God said, what's your name? And he's calling him out for his duplicity. He's calling him out for his deception. He said, you can lie to your daddy on this earth, but you cannot lie to me. And, and God, every one of us must be in this, in this wrestling match with God where we understand that we cannot manipulate from God that which only comes from intimacy. We can't steal, we can't cheat, we can't fake it, we can't pretend. This one time, these guys were preaching, and they're out here, and they come across some demons, and they said, by the Jesus that Paul preaches, we cast you out. And the demons looked back and said, oh, you you think you got it like that. You don't got it like that. You know what I'm saying? We can see that you don't got it like that. where are the signs and wonders? Hear me. Where are the signs and wonders? Could it be, could it be that we're pretending? Could it be that we haven't paid the price? Could it be that we have not forgiven? Could it be Faking it. But I know there's power. I know there's powerful power available because Abraham went to God for Sodom, the likes of Sodom. And Abraham went to God and he said, God, if I find 50, if I find 50 who were sold out, who would lay down everything. And give all for you. Would you spare Sodom? And God said to Abraham, I will. He went out. He couldn't find it. He came back 40, 30, 20, 10. 10. He said, God, I couldn't find 20. But what if I found 10 sold out disciples? What if I found 10? 10, 10 virgins who protected the oil. Who kept the oil on burning? What have I found? Ten, God, would you do it for ten? Yeah, I'll do it for ten. Jesus comes and he finds twelve disciples. And he tells them the cost. The cost of following him. And I'm sorry somebody has lied to you and cheapened it. I'm sorry somebody has deceived you into believing That it's not expensive, but his presence will cost you not some things, but everything. Everything. It will cost you relationships with your loved ones. It will cost you your integrity. It will cost you everything. And those 12 disciples, minus Judas, then another one, changed the world. Turned it upside down. And I challenge you today, church, I challenge you, make the presence of Jesus costly. Learn to say no to this world. I challenge you today, forgive. You will thrive in your anointing. You will not thrive in mine. But you will thrive in yours. But it comes at the cost of forgiveness. And Jesus says, if you cannot forgive them, then I cannot forgive you. Forgive, protect the purity of God's presence. Repent and be restored. Last, I encourage you. Make a relationship with Jesus more real than your relationships in this room, at home. Make your relationship with Jesus so valuable to you that you would not dare try to steal. You see, we're trying to steal something. But we can't. The reason we can't raise the dead, heal cancer, the reason we can't Abandoned wheelchairs—it's because we're faking it. We're pretending. It's the voice of Jacob, but the hands of Esau. We lie, and we have the audacity to like feel entitled to his presence when we have not earned the intimacy. We have not surrendered everything for for his presence. We lie. And then we rationalize and we convince ourselves that the lack of power in the church is normal. At least let us be a church that will value his presence so much that will be so reverent. Reverent. Fear of God. I don't want to say what you don't want me to say, God. I don't, I don't want to. I, or I have to say it and I know they're not going to like it. Or I have to tell my children no and I have to discipline and I have to correct. God, but, but give me the courage to do it because I fear you. I fear you more than I fear being disliked or rejected. We want the multiplication we want the fish and the loaves we want Jesus to like multiply our goodness but Jesus said this is what he said he said I've come to separate I've come to divide I've come to separate I've come to separate sons from fathers you see It's His grace that won't allow us to multiply sin in what's contaminated. You see, it's His grace that doesn't allow us to fake it. It's grace. But if we'll let Him, if we'll surrender all, if we'll repent and say, God, Anything for your presence. Anything. You know, I I made a decision a while ago. It doesn't matter how many people are in the pews. What matters is that we are a church that will pursue his presence. We won't give in to what culture's doing. We won't, we won't be pressured we won't be intimidated I told him in Lorraine today I'm like hey if you're sick and you're watching you need to come to church they're like what I'm like yeah the world told you to stay home if you believe this is the place of power and healing you need to get to church if you're going to be sick you're going to be sick there you're going to be sick here just be sick here at least here there's the potential of his power I don't care what I don't care what the government does. We're going to do what Jesus says to do. They can try to shut down, or you know what I mean. Like I'm just done with that. I'm just here to tell you, like I ought to obey God rather than man. I see this all through the scriptures. There was a reason Paul wrote most of the New Testament from prison because he would not he would not comply. He would not go along with what Rome wanted, with what religious leaders wanted. He said, no, it is only for Jesus, only for Jesus that I will do this, and I will suffer if need be. But I will not surrender the holy standard of God to receive the applause of this world. I challenge you. As we stand to your feet, I just challenge you. You got to go buy it. You must go buy it, Which, preacher. Where do I got, where, where do I buy it? The Word. The Word. Look at me. I'm almost done. You didn't come this far to just tune out. Stay. The Word. You got to develop a, a holy endurance too. Like we watch football games for four hours in the cold while it's snowing, we can at least listen to the Word for a little while, okay? holy endurance the word of God that is a reservoir of oil this is not this is the gas station on earth right here that provides oil to the believer's life right here you cannot you cannot afford not to have this you must be filled with this every day You've got to put the oil in. How do I get the oil? Get this Bible. Get this word in you. You know, you know, you can tell somebody. You can tell somebody. Know somebody. Because they can identify what you say. Peter was on the outside courts. And they say you're one of them. You're with him. You're one of those guys. And and Peter said, no, man, that's not me. And the young discerning girl said, oh, your speech betrays you. You sound like him. You got to get this word in you till you sound like him. And Jesus said this. He said, it is out of the abundance of your heart that you talk. So your words come from abundance. I can always tell, can always tell who's intimate with Jesus by what they say. It reveals the abundance of their heart. This word, this word, it's an oil reservoir. You got to get the oil in. Prayer and Holy Spirit, they're, they're synonymous, and I want us to stop separating them. You cannot have communion with Jesus, Holy Spirit. Jesus, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? He's at the right hand of the Father, right? Access to Jesus comes through what? Holy Spirit. You cannot tell me you have a relationship with him if you have no relationship with Holy Spirit. How do I know you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? You respond to conviction. You welcome conviction. Yes. Conviction is the development of your character. So you look for Holy Spirit to reveal darkness in you. You don't resist it. You don't reject it. You don't get mad. You don't rebel. You don't get contemptful. You, re- you accept conviction. It proves to me that you talk to Holy Spirit. You cannot be intimate with somebody you don't commune with. You don't communicate with. If Holy Spirit is some weird, gusty, smoky. Listen, we must develop a relationship with Holy Spirit so, so real that you catch yourself having conversations out loud in public places. I'll be driving down the road sometimes. Now, I try not to do it in public because people, that's weird. I don't want him to think, you know what I mean? Like, where's your person, Troy? You're talking to yourself and I'm, Oh, yeah. The Holy Spirit's my person right now. If you're going to talk, you have to have a person. If you don't have a person, you got problems. <laughs> Holy Spirit and prayer, they're synonymous. Then last. Church. I, this is not manipulation. This is the facts. These are facts, yeah. fat facts. This place, our corporate gathering place, you cannot afford not to be here. Every time we gather, at the lateness of this hour, look at me, I'm, I'm pleading with you as your pastor. The lateness of this hour, not neglect the gathering because something so powerful happens when we gather. You see, if you're, if you're having you spend a couple you get empty. You have one of them weeks where everybody's taken and nobody's given. Accusation Heaven, just sucking the oil right out of your life. Just taking the oil, taking the oil. This place is like an oasis in the desert where there's oil aplenty. You see, because there are going to be some times when you run low, whether you're here. But you got to be honest. If you're here, you got to say, man, you got to look and say, I don't have. I'm low. I'm empty. It's okay to be empty. It's not okay to stay empty. It's not okay to normalize empty. It's okay to run dry. But it's not okay to stay dry and to normalize dry and then to fake it. I mean, sometimes you sing a song. Sometimes you, sometimes you enter the faith and you just say, I, I'm, you know, my soul does magnify the Lord. But something special happens when you're full. Maybe, you know, you're not. And maybe you are. Maybe, maybe I'm, and you are, and, and maybe you are, and you are. And, you, and you, it's not about what's up here either. It's about what's down there. You see, we like to believe that they are the ones who give the oil. But I'm here to tell you, there, there are many times where I'll go to the back of the sanctuary. Yeah. Oh, and I'll just watch. And I watched today as a young man named Daniel on the front. Jumped up and down. I don't know how old he is. has got to be like 16 maybe. Sold out for Jesus. And I looked over. Yeah and the oil started to fill and the oil started to fill and I looked over and out from the corner of my eye this, this, this young man whose father I knew when we were just kids he, he had died from drug overdose and this, this young man who came to me and, and found me he said my dad died but I'm here and he came and he ran the altar and he fell down on the altar and whoa oh, the oil just filled me to overflowing you see when you bring your anointing There are many of us who are low, but when you bring your anointing, that's why your anointing matters. Your anointing matters to your children. Your anointing matters. That's why you can't chase mine or or theirs or theirs. Yours matters. I came in one time, broken by life, empty. She came up, Name was Melody. She sang a song as if God took the balm of Gilead and poured it on my head. I declare right now, if you're empty, he's filling you. Be full. Come on right now. Say, Jesus, I forgive. Jesus You're the most important thing Jesus I won't fake it You're not broken Correct that we're all broken But you're not more broken than them. Don't you let the enemy lie to you. And don't you let them convince you otherwise. You're not condemned. You're not condemned. If you be in Christ, you're not condemned. I rebuke shame. For there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I pray the oil be filled. I pray you feel the overflowing of God's presence that you increase in your anointing, that you make it a prayer. God, pray this with me. God, increase my anointing. Increase is where healing occurs. It's the increase. So Jesus, bless your people today. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence, your sweet, sweet presence. It is our priority. Now, if you're here today, you wandered in by providence of heaven. By the providence of heaven, you've come through those doors. You're either backslidden, cold on God. Or you don't know Jesus at all I invite you today is the day where you live and you live in abundance you walk out those doors look at me you walk out those doors one of two ways blood-bought born-again going to heaven bring heaven or you walk out those doors go into a hell that was never created for you don't let anybody lie to you there's no middle ground I don't care if you believe or you don't believe. Those are the facts. But Jesus came. He came and he died. He didn't just die for you. He died as you. And because of that, you can live. You can live abundantly. Every head bowed, every eye closed. That's you. You're in this room. You need prayer. You say, I need to give my heart to Christ. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me my sin. I repent. Come into my heart make all things new take my life now change this world all for your glory in jesus name amen amen put your hands together for jesus Any prayer, we want to pray for you before you leave. Altar ministers are going to be in the front. If you gave your life to Christ, we'd like to pray for you as well. Watching online, gave your life to Christ, let us know how we can pray for you and connect you, give you some supplies from us to you. God bless you. Live right. Love everybody. Pray hard. God bless you as you go.